This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver city and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the courageous wellness retreat, a 60 minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Supergoop. Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CW podcast. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a great episode for you today with the women of the Mostly Balanced podcast, Carly and Mia. But before we get into their intro, we're going to do our usual updates. Um, and Erica, do you want to do you want to kick us off this week? Yes, I can. I have a couple updates that I'm excited to share. My first is actually a mocktail. And I know we're now in February and a lot of our listeners did dry January. We're still getting so many great responses from our episode with Dr. Brooke, which Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't listened, came out at the end of the year on December 28th. And it's all about sober nutrition and sober curiosity. And so I know a lot of you guys love that episode and we're going to definitely do more sober curious conversations. But um, if you are continuing into like a booze free February or a maybe like alcohol light February, if you want to keep it going, um, you know, I I'm keeping it going and I have found a mocktail that I really love and you kind of make it like it's not really a mob. This isn't going to be revolutionary, guys. You probably have everything you need in your cabinet. Mm. But um, all it is is you take some ice cubes and I like like some, you know, I make some fancy ice cube molds to make it kind of fun. And I put it in a wine glass and or any glass of your choice. But I use um, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, which is mm-hmm. great for your gut, great for blood sugar balancing before meals. Yes. Um, a, a whole lemon, a squeeze of a lemon and Gerald Steiner sparkling water, which is my favorite, but you could use any sparkling water. And then you like stir it up, <laughs> you know, together and you can add, it's kind of bitter. So you can add if you wanted to some like monk fruit, if you prefer it, not as bitter, but I love it. And it has the bite that mm-hmm. I think I enjoy a lot in a cocktail, right? So it has that kind of bite and, you know, understanding blood sugar balancing hacks um, from the glucose goddess, who is a wonderful resource as well on the internet. She always talks about if you have vinegar, any vinegar before a meal, um, it just that alone reduces the blood sugar spike. So it's my favorite mocktail of the moment. I think it's delicious. I like the ritual of putting it together and having it while I'm cooking dinner. And um, I think I originally saw a version of it on TikTok. So thank you, TikTok, for always inspiring me. But it's become something I drink almost every single day now. And I love it. So that's my first update and it's super tasty. So highly recommend. And my second is I was at my girlfriend's house and she had this aloe. I think it's from aloe yoga, but it's a magnesium spray. Mm -hmm. Arnica in it. It has Arnica. Arnica. And, um, but it's a spray and it smells delicious. Is it for your face? No, it's for your body. Your body. Yeah. That'd be, I was going to say, Arnica's weird on your, (laughs) would be weird for your face, but that's cool. And it's like a sprayable magnesium, which I've since looked into. And it's, it's super good for your muscles and for relaxation and for sleep. And a pro tip um, someone gave me was to actually spray it on the bottom of your feet before bed Mm. to help you like get even more restful sleep. But I have what I love about it is, um, you know, I have, I have a shoulder injury. I have some things going on with my body and it can be hard to like reach. Like I always have to ask Jeff, my husband to like, like, 
you know, stop what he's doing to like rub cream all over my back. But with the spray, it's like you can kind of get everywhere you need to get on your own. Um, And I love it. And I'm really enjoying it. And it actually it works as a pain reliever, a natural pain reliever, as yeah. opposed to if you like like an icy hot or something like that. It's um, it's really nice. So if you do have sore muscles, it's a little bit pricey. You know, it's pricier than Arnicare in the tube. Yeah. But um, for me, it was definitely worth the splurge because I have a shoulder injury and some pain. And um, and it actually works. So I'm definitely noticing results from using it. And it smells good. And it's in a pretty bottle. And I love it. So those are my two updates. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, that sounds great. And it makes sense because like your skin can absorb mm-hmm. things so quickly. It's why like even um like magnesium flakes or Epsom salt baths are really great because you yeah. can absorb it through your skin. I love it. Um, cool. What about you? What about me? Um, well, speaking of skin, you know that we've been fortunate enough to have Vintner's daughter in our life now, (laughs) which for anybody who doesn't know, um, it's really like a two-step skincare system, um, for lack of a better way to describe it. And what I love is that it's two steps because I'm way more consistent with taking care of my skin because it's so easy. It's just a spray, an essence spray and, um, a serum. And I have to say my skin has never felt better. Like, it's so awesome. Um, and you know, it is like, again, also you were saying like your thing is like a little pricey. It is a little on the expensive side, but I have to say since starting using it, like it lasts a really long time and also it's only two steps. So you're not buying like a bunch of other stuff. It's just those two things. And I like have never felt more, I don't know, just like my skin feels so supple and it looks really good. And like, I'm fine to like rock with no makeup. And I just, I don't know, I'm really grateful for it. And especially at this age, like I'm 36 and I, you know, people do whatever you need to do, you know, to feel good or confident or whatever. Um, but like, I, I don't do at this phase in my life, I don't do anything, um, I don't do any medical skincare. Let's put it that way. I really just keep it. I try to keep it as natural as possible. And I want to, um, but I want to continue to age and feel good about taking care of my skin. Yeah. So um, this has been kind of like a game changer for me. I love it. I love it so much. And I know it has like a celebrity or cult following yeah. right on the internet. And, but it, it's for, it's for a reason because the Vintner's Daughter Glow, it's real and it's all natural. So, and and I think we both, you've been on it longer than I have, but we both kind of moved into like more natural yeah. skincare and makeup and ingredients. And it's just, it's so luxurious and it's so beautiful. And yeah, like it's just, if, you, if you've thought about trying it, they also do sell like trial Sizes yeah, they do so that you can try it. And um, they just came out with a cleanser too that That's I can't true. wait to try. So now it's like three steps, but um we do offer free shipping, two-day free shipping. So if yeah. you are interested, check out our show notes, click the link and get that two-day free shipping if you want to try it. It's yeah, it's really wonderful. And we also have the link just 
just to let everybody know for for ease, the link in our Instagram profile, you can just go to our um, link in bio and click on it too. Yeah, it's easy everything to is it. there. Um, speaking of also skincare, clean, clean products and clean yeah. beauty. Yes. Our, this episode is sponsored by milk and honey and wow. It's like totally in line with today's episode because they are a female founded and funded brand that offer a line of hyper clean skincare products. They have their own milk and honey line, which is amazing. It's the cleanser I use. It's my aluminum free deodorant that I use. It's amazing. But their they body also, polish is my favorite. Oh, the body polish. They also have such good, um, they also have a deeper cleanser to take off your makeup. It's like yeah. a, like it melts off your makeup, which is so amazing. And again, hyper clean products, but they also sell top brands like Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Moon Juice. All of the big clean brands are on their site. I buy all of my Osea Malibu products there, my Supergoop Glow Screen. It all comes from the Milk and Honey site. And if you want, you can save 20% with code CW podcast at checkout at um, the Milk and Honey online boutique and in their uh, store locations too. They have spas throughout Texas, Miami, Chicago, and two in Los Angeles. So you can shop products in store and you can also save 20% on spa treatments if you live locally in one of those locations. So yes. definitely check it out. We love them so much. And with that, should we get to today's conversation? Yeah, let's do it. Today on the podcast, we have a conversation on relationship wellness with the hosts of the podcast, Mostly Balanced, Mia DiBiazzi and Carly Ferrante. Mia and Carly met in their early 20s and bonded over their relationships, dating horror stories, and passion for wellness. Years later, Mostly Balanced was born as a space to hold conversations about approachable wellness, dating, and relationships. In this episode, we discuss their journey and friendship to each other, bonding over those relationship horror stories, and Mia ending an eight-year relationship, and advice for being in different relationship phases and seasons from friends. We really enjoyed this conversation, and we also had the pleasure of being on the Mostly Balanced podcast, which just came out this Monday. So head over to Mostly Balanced and check out that episode too. Um in that conversation, we really talked a lot about friendship wellness and we talked about friendship breakups and we got really deep in our own kind of relationship experiences, which isn't something we've really talked about on other podcasts. I feel like, Allie, we usually talk a lot about nutrition and mm -hmm. gut health or hormone health, you know, the, the nutrition side of our business. So it was really fun to be able to go on the Mostly Balanced show and talk a little bit about friendship and relationships and, you know, all that stuff. So go over there and check it out. Mostly Balanced releases episodes every single Monday, and we think you'll really enjoy their show as well. And if you like these episodes, let us know what you think by tagging us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. 
They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XOCourageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. Well, welcome Mia and Carly. Uh, Erica and I are looking forward to chatting with you today and having this conversation. And just to get us started, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourselves and maybe how how the two of you came together? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Mia, do you want to take it? Sure. So I'm Mia. I'm 31. I live in Brooklyn. I I'm recently married, so I live in Brooklyn with my husband and my dog. I am a co-host of Mostly Balanced with Carly, but I also work at Meta, so Facebook and Instagram. And Carly and I, I'll get, kick it over to Carly to introduce herself, but our friendship definitely has evolved over time. We were friends way before we started Mostly Balanced. Yeah, we were actually just talking about our friendship on one of our episodes recently because I mean, we talk so much about making friends as an adult, and I'm sure we can get into that conversation, but ours was kind of like a mix between being like work friends and then really becoming friends outside of work. So like Mia said, we met years ago, we met at work when I was also in the advertising industry. I now work as an editor at Mind Body Green, and then I do the podcast with Mia. And the podcast has really evolved so much over the past few years. We talk mostly about dating and relationships, but pretty much like anything that would fall under the wellness umbrella. We like to talk about, we like to get into some of like the manifestation and spirituality, but we also love to talk to different fitness coaches and talk to like doctors and dating experts and everyone under the sun. So we have a great time and we release episodes every Monday. Very cool. I love your show. I'm definitely a fan and, um, really enjoy the content that you guys put out. I'm curious too, you know, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about friendship and your partnership in this episode, but what inspired you to start the podcast and really focus on relationships? And yeah, more so I know people talk about things all the time, but what was that like turning point of like, let's make a show out of relationship wellness. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if you asked me three years ago when we started the podcast, why, why we were starting it, I feel my answer would change from now. I feel like looking back at my vantage point now, I feel like I was kind of just like lost. I was in a job I didn't love. I felt kind of unfulfilled. And I think I personally started to think about what I love. And Carly and I, our friendship was always rooted in like turning to each other for relationship advice and talking about wellness and trends and workouts. And we both at the time started listening to a lot of podcasts and sending them to each other. And it to me, it was just an outlet to start doing something that I really kind of was envious of. I think we both felt that way where we listen to podcasts and feel like, 
I want to jump in and talk. I feel like I have something to say, even if I'm like learning as I go and like exploring topics that I'm interested in, but it definitely started as overall wellness. I think like Carly said, we have a wide range of topics, but we love talking about relationships. I think we both have different perspectives. I was in a long-term relationship, get through getting engaged, moving in together, getting married. Carly, we bonded over a lot of similar like long-term relationship issues and conversations, but she's like going on tons of dates. And like, we both have a, such a different perspective that we can bring to an audience and our, our audience really loves and connects with relationship topics. Yeah, it makes sense too, for this kind of phase of life, I think. And that's why Erica and I also wanted to chat with you in addition to the fact that we, it's always kind of a treat to have other podcasters on, as she said, because there's um, there's sort of like an ease to the conversation, but also um, when we have interview-based podcasts, which ours is, and I know you guys do solo episodes sometimes, but you have a lot of guests on as well. Um, sometimes, you know, you're getting a lot of the story of the, of the guest, but also I'm always fascinated to like dive in and have hosts on our show too, to learn more about how yeah, how their relationship works, especially when you have two people in a partnership in in your case and our case as well, there's a friendship component to it. And maybe the friendship component preceded the working relationship. And Mia, I think you said it was really like sort of this creative outlet that you wanted to sort of explore for yourself based on what was going on in your life at the time. Um, but I'm curious how when the two of you with an established friendship already came together, decided to do your own show, how did that affect the friendship dynamic? Did you see it start to evolve in, in new ways? Yeah. And I think it's definitely interesting when you think about the timing of it, because it was like, we decided to start it right before COVID. And so we had all these plans to go and record in a recording studio and do all this stuff. And then everything went virtual. And so it's definitely so much different than it would have been, but it also, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I wonder how our friendship has been impacted. Like what part of it is from the podcast and what part of it is from COVID because obviously everyone's re relationships and friendships changed during that time. And like ours like did get closer, which is so crazy to think about just because so many people weren't able to like spend a lot of time together, but we spent like at least an hour every single week on zoom, whether that was just us or whether that was like with guests, like honestly, in the beginning, we were recording like three nights a week at least and doing so much together. And like, it definitely did grow our friendship. And I feel like it also just like taught us things about each other that we might not have known, like our work styles and different things that like don't normally come out in just like a standard friendship. But I think because we're both such like, we're both very driven. So when we both said we wanted to do it, we knew, like, I think both of us knew the other one wasn't just going to like flake out or like, we both know that we can like rely on each other. I think because we've already had such a strong friendship where we like turn to each other for advice or travel together, like plan those types of things together. I feel like we were kind of like, we kind of really knew each other well on that level, but it's only gone deeper. And I feel like because we have a relationship where we can like tell each other, like, kind of say things to each other, not be worried about like offending the other one. I think you like have to have those things when you're working with somebody because you can't like walk on eggshells. You can't like 
kind of like skirt around things. I feel like you just have to have that openness and that obviously makes any friendship stronger. Yeah. How, how old were you guys when you became friends? Mia is two years younger than me. I want to say that I'm 33 now. I was 27, I think. And Mia was 25. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So your friendships really like grown and evolved with each other as well. I just, I asked that because I think too, it's, we go through different phases in our life and in our lifestyle. And Ali met similarly, we have a similar age difference than you guys. Um, I'm two years younger than Ali as well. I'm 34. And, you know, we met in our later 20s and we became friends. We became much closer through the podcast as well. It's interesting. Like starting a business with a friend is definitely an interesting experience and um, an amazing one. But we weren't like, I wonder too what it would be like to have been like best friends before and then start the business, which wasn't our case. We were like very much social friends and then became much closer through starting a company. But it's still, as you mentioned, you learn so much more about a person based on their you can't walk on eggshells around somebody in business. And so, and I've seen, I have, I know so many people who have started businesses and friendships or even started podcasts and it it didn't work out and it negatively impacts the relationship. And so I think there is almost like a secret sauce to mm-hmm. doing that transition. Um, I don't know, like you mentioned that being both of you being so driven, but what do you think that secret sauce is if anyone is listening and they're like, I have a best friend or I have a friend I'm really close with or I'm social with and I'd love to do this business with them. What advice would you give somebody who is thinking of making that choice? Yeah, I think Carly and I were always from the beginning very vulnerable and open with each other. I Mm -hmm. think our friendship initially grew because we turned to each other with a lot of the problems and conflicts that we were having in our lives. And Carly was a sounding board for me for a lot of things I was navigating in relationships and work. And I think that set the tone for how we turned to each other Mm -hmm. to start the podcast. And it always was a really open dialogue. And I think I always felt comfortable being honest with Carly. And I think that's, that's the foundation of a friendship. Like you say, you can't, I think a lot of people treat friendship in a way where they are in like a people pleasing mode or they're averse to conflict or they don't want to be honest or they are scared of like getting vulnerable. And I think that never really was the case with us. So it just, it ended up being a like great launching pad for getting into business where especially when we're talking all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly think like if you're questioning it, it might not be a good idea, which like sounds intense, but I feel like I didn't have any doubt, obviously throughout Mm -hmm. the process, like maybe there's been times where it's like, more difficult, but like, honestly, not really. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like you'll know if it's something that you, that you're questioning that it's like, might not, you might not want to take the chance on that. Do you think that applies to, I guess this is a segue into other kinds of relationships. Like in a way you're sort of like tapping into this idea of if you're, if you are kind of exploring doubt or feeling doubt, um, Mm -hmm. does that apply? Do you feel that to relationships too? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, was gonna say, yeah. I mean, I don't think a doubt is necessarily a deal breaker. Is that like, right? No, well, what I were you mean, gonna say, Mia? 
I mean, I guess it depends on like friendship or like a relationship. But when we were just like even thinking like, oh, if you want to start a pot, a business with a friend and you have like a feeling like a pit in your stomach, I think like those things pay attention to because I do mm-hmm. find that when I look at relationships that have failed or even friendships that I kind of just like yeah. moved away from or yeah. like they're in my past now, there was always some like layer of like something doesn't feel quite right here and Sure, the relationship can continue, maybe be in a different capacity of as a friendship. But I do think some of those like negative feelings are indicators of where how that relationship should play in your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, this is we really do want to pick your brain on relationships because I know you guys do a wellness focused podcast, but you do focus a lot on relationship wellness, right? Sex, dating relationships, all of that. And this is obviously, I think, being in our age range, right? I feel like through the transition of your 20s and your 30s, a lot of your relationships evolve and begin to transform. And um, one of the things I'm curious about with you guys as well is you are in different relationship stages and phases, and I'm sure that's evolved through your friendship as well. Um Mia, you just got married. So congratulations on that. And um, Carly, I think you're single at the moment, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So totally different stages and phases. And I think I think your 30s are a really interesting time because everyone is in different phases, be it getting married, having kids, being single. So can you both speak to what that experience has been like? Maybe Carly, starting with you, like how has it been navigating being single and having your best friend get married and being through that life transition? You know, what has that experience been like for you? Yeah. I mean, you're so right. I feel like the whole time we've been friends so much has changed for each of us. Like obviously in that area of our lives, I will say that just having the podcast alone has like changed drastically changed my perspective on dating and my dating life in general, just through the conversations that we have, like with all the experts we have on and everything. And I, I don't know, like I've honestly never really been the type of person that would be like, like, I don't really naturally compare what's going on in my life to what's going on in my friend's life. Like, I, I feel like I'm more likely to compare to like something dumb, like a movie or like a book or something, but because like, I love my friends so much and like other people I know, I feel like I, like, I'm just happy for them and it doesn't really like compare to my own life. So, and I also am me and I are just very different in general when it comes to like, when it comes to dating, like I have, I'm very on the end of like avoidant attachment style. And I, I typically like am kind of like hesitant about commitment and things like that. And Mia is like, I feel like used to be more an anxious dater, but also, yeah, then became like very secure throughout like the, the time that we've been friends. I feel like we kind of balance each other out and that's why it's so great to go to each other for advice. But when it comes to just like, I also have a twin sister and she got married when we were, I feel like we were like 25, like we were really young. So I think that's the only time when I like really felt like, wow, this person who I've always been on like the same exact life path with just went into like a completely different stage. And now she has kids. And I think there are times when I do think about that, not, not so much as as a comparison, but just as like a, whoa, it's like so hard to relate to her sometimes. And like, she doesn't really relate to me because she never used dating apps, like never even like signed up for one, I don't think, and was always a relationship person. And now like as a mom and deals with those struggles. And obviously you want to be there for someone who's like the closest person in your life. But like, 
there's just things that you, neither of you would understand about what the other one's going through. So I think like realizing that and acknowledging that is huge. Like for anybody listening who feels like they're the only single friend or like even the opposite, they're like the first of their friends to get married and have kids. And they're feeling like on their own plane. Like, I think just realizing that like your friendships might be different. Like your friends might not be able to understand what you're going through, but that doesn't mean that they're, they don't want to like be there for you in their own way. It's just like, not gonna, it's different than when you were in college or in your early twenties and everyone's kind of like in the same exact stage. Like at our age, I feel like everybody's in a different ballpark. It's so true. I just saw something as well, probably on TikTok that was like talking a little bit about having friends I'm probably butchering this because it's much nicer (laughs) than this is about to sound, but it's like having friends for different things as well, right? Like you don't need one person to fill every single role in your life, right? Like you can have like your best friend, but they don't necessarily need to be your um, friend that you go to, to talk about your kids or like who you go to, you know, party with Mm -hmm. or different, like we can have different friends for different things. And that doesn't take away from our other friendships as well, if that makes sense. And it really clicked for me because I think I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) I think you can't be one thing for everybody, right? And you can't expect one person to be everything for you. And so I think that's a really um, great perspective. And I think, Mia, what about for you too, as the friend who is getting married in this best friendship, and I'm sure in other dynamics, right? I'm sure you've experienced being at different phases than your friends as well. What has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I across the board too, I've had friends who got married when I was 24. And like, I feel like in certain groups, I'm later to get married in like my high school circle. And But I've always been, and I think I brought a lot of this like to the podcast too, that everyone's on their own timeline. And I remember like early on, like Carly brought this conversation back up to me because I guess it connected with her, but I have three older sisters. So like 14, 11 and eight year age gap for me. So I always kind of compared myself to them, but all three of them met their significant other in their like mid to late thirties. And like my sister got married maybe at 37 and had kids at 38. So I never was like grown. I grew up in a, in an environment where relationship timelines never really mattered. And I never felt that pressure on myself. And so of course, like always happy for people who like found their partner at 24, 25, and they're all in amazing relationships still. But I always knew I wanted to like explore my 20s, like have my independence, have friends, and my time was going to come for me. And that's the advice I give on the podcast. And that's the advice like I I try to like show up with to all of my friends with. And I I feel like I wasn't like I wasn't on the end of getting married really young and I'm not on the end of like getting married like very late in life. So I feel kind of middle of the road. So it wasn't, I felt like it was the right time for me and having friends who both had the experience and sisters who've gone through the experience. I had, you know, a lot of great people to give me advice, but like, it's also nice to have a friend who like, isn't giving me like relationship and marriage and wedding advice. And like, Carly's just there to like, give me her true, honest opinion and like be my best friend throughout the situation. So I loved that balance of like being able to talk to her about everything. And honestly, I was going to her more than I was going to anyone who was actually like (laughs) 
could give me wedding advice. Well, we all know that people often give a lot of unsolicited <laughs> <laughs> advice, right? Yeah. And hearing hearing you both speak to it really, it really kind of brings to mind this idea. And Mia, you were just saying like, we're all on our own timeline. And also that all of our timelines of life experiences can look different. Like not everybody has to want to get married or couple like right, partner right. partnership is not always the I mean I actually am married and and I but I got married at 35 and I'm um my husband had been married before. Like families can look all different ways and I think um like this sort of you know, I have actually most of my friends are probably single and they range from 30 to 50 years old. And I think, um, but even, yeah, going through the experiences, I think the a big one is when people start to have children, that's when life really kind of shifts. Um, but that some people, you know, are going to choose to not have children. And that's like absolutely valid. And we've talked about that on the show too, like what the pressures of, choosing to be child free can be like as well. Um, and, or to not, I think a lot of people want partnership or companionship in some form, but maybe that's not something that necessarily lasts a lifetime for someone, but maybe that la lasts through different phases as we're talking about just as in friendship phases. I feel like this conversation around relationship can be applied both to romantic relationships and, um, and friendship. And that I think sometimes, I don't know, hearing you guys talk and, and sort of just your openness with it all, it's like, it's great in the way that you can have these conversations. In a way, I feel like it helps remove the pressure that we often feel or somehow kind of assume even unconsciously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even what I totally agree that it can all be applied to relationships and friendships and everything like that. And even what Erica was saying earlier about one friend can't be everything to you. Like we talk about that all the time about people you date in relationships. Like I used to think like, oh, I need to meet somebody who also loves running, who also loves this and does this. And like, basically would just like live my entire life like with me. And now I'm like, I don't want that at all. Like I want a friend who I go to workout classes with. And then another friend who I do this with. And then my partner is like this for me. Like, I feel like you can't expect that person to give you every single thing that you want. It's like so much pressure to put on somebody. I feel like it's just like, and that, yeah, that could, that could be said for friendships as well. Absolutely. And so I'm curious because you guys talk to so many different people. And like you said, it's really enriched both of your lives and experiences. Maybe we love to give our audience to like tangible tips that they can like listen to and take away with them. And I'm curious because you guys said that you really bonded over your relationships, right? So you, you, that kind of really started your friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, what have you guys learned? You know, we have a lot of listeners actually recently, a lot of things that have been coming up is like breakups and transitioning out of long-term relationships, be it friendships, or partnerships. And so I'm just curious, kind of what have you learned and grown with in terms of romantic partnerships and anything you can offer our audience as tips along the way? My main takeaway from mostly every single conversation I have on this podcast is the importance of communication. And it's like, 
I feel like I was living so long and in a relationship that was totally wrong for me for eight years, like very passively. I felt like I was just like a passive partner in a lot of the relationships in my life, like whether that was because of people pleasing, whether I stayed in a relationship too long, that was like horrible for me because I wasn't confident in myself. And it's totally a self-worth thing that like, obviously, through all the conversations I have and like the topics we have that make me be a little more introspective and actually like think about why I make the decisions I make and act the way I do in a relationship, it it has completely made me a better partner now. And so much of it is not being a people pleaser, even with my partner. Like if something's bothering me, there's a way to bring it up. There's a way to communicate it in a nice way or a constructive way, maybe not the like super combative toxic way I would when I was 22 years old. So I think the, like I can't even like pinpoint to one guest that I've had that was really impactful. I'm sure it will like come to me over time, but just the theme of communicating and not being afraid to actually voice what you need. And I've been given a lot of tools along the way to do that in the best way possible. And I think so much of it is being really honest with myself and being intuitive and being a little more mindful through all of all like every interaction that I have. And also think like not assuming I am right or not like assuming thoughts of theirs. So just going into every situation like with curiosity and just speaking what I actually want and you can't assume that your partner knows exactly what you want either. So a lot of it is work. Yeah, I agree so much with all of that, especially what Mia started to touch on with just being more like intentional versus being like a passive part of your own life. Like, I feel like I've been like that in relationships too, where I kind of just, I just like naturally mold into like the person that I, I can tell that they want me to be like, not even realizing that I would do it. And then you're just like not being your true self in the relationship, which is like, first of all, exhausting. And second of all, just you wake up and you realize you're in a relationship that's not right for you. So I feel like one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to people who ask for like, whether it's dating or relationship advice is to like really get clear on like who you are and who you want to be, like how you want to feel in a relationship versus like, like I said earlier, every little thing you're looking for in a partner. Like I think Actually, this is funny because I was actually just talking about this on a date to somebody like I, I feel like people, pretty much everyone I would say like who's, who's like single and dating, or even who's in a relationship now at some point or another had whether they realized it or not, like had a vision in their head of like the person that they were going to end up with, like whether that's like a physical image or like, a like personality or whatever it is like, I, I somehow like had that and I don't even think I was actively doing it I just like I was like this is what it's going to look like. And I feel like you literally have to like let go of all of that you have to think about. First of all, one of the things I always say is I think about what you bring to the table just as much as you're thinking about like what you want them to bring because you, you're like just as much a part of the relationship as they are. I think you have to think about that. And then you have to think about, like I said, like the way that you want to feel in the relationship versus what you want it to look like or what you think it should look like, because you might get wrapped up in like what your other friends relationships look like, or like I said earlier, like what you see on TV or read in books or whatever it is. So I think just like paying attention to how you feel 
We also just really, really don't get on board with like any dating rules. And I think Mm -hmm. even if you listen to like our first few episodes, we probably did. Like, I feel like we had some that we really did agree with. Like, if you're confused, that means they're not interested and things like that, that people will say that you'll see like in memes all over social media. And now we just like, don't really agree with any of those. Like, I feel like they're all just like blanket statements that are like, I, I think they're with good intention. Like they're supposed to make you feel like, better or more confident in your, in your dating life or like protect yourself, like set boundaries. But I just think they're so, like I said, like just so much of a blanket statement that like could never be right for everybody that it's just kind of like a slippery slope to think that way. Like if he wanted to, he would. And like all those, and like even things like don't sleep with them on this number date. Like if that's a rule you want to have with yourself, like that's fine. But for me, like for that kind of thing, I've noticed like I might be on like seven dates with someone and still not want to, to sleep with them. But then there might be someone else that like, I'll feel like after two dates I want to, and I feel comfortable with them. So it's just like ev- knowing that every situation is different. I feel like is the biggest thing for me. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Allie and I are both certified integrative health coaches. Allie has advanced training in hormone health, and I have advanced training in gut health. And we now offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We love the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, or medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off of your tuition, use one of our names, either Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. 
Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be a value to our community as well. If you would like to order seed daily symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code courageous 15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. Just when you said at some point you like have a vision of what your partner is supposed to look like. I was thinking about this like literally yesterday on the couch with Dan, like he was just doing something like random on the couch and I'm just (laughs) sitting there watching and I'm like, I once imagined like my husband and my life, but I'm like looking around. I'm like, I wonder if like, I can't even remember what that vision was, but I wonder if it was this. And to like go off rules and all that, like Dan and I started with like breaking every single rule. So I think I can't sit on this on any podcast and like preach the rules if it was like the complete opposite of how my relationship came to be because my relationship came to be because of just being completely authentic to myself. And like, I think we both did. It was just like, um, it, we just came together. And like, Ali, you mentioned yeah. your partner was married before. Like, so is Dan. I don't yeah. think either of us like it. There was a part of our lives where we absolutely thought we would never be together. So Right. I think it. Yeah. I was going to say, what rules did you break? (laughs) 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 No Um, pressure. No pressure. (laughs) I mean, we were were friends first. (laughs) Everyone. We were friends first. So there was like that might have taken out a lot of the like early date rules. Like I was never like, should I text him first? Because we were already talking every day. And like we did yeah. sleep together like way early on because we already knew each other. And I think just all sorts of stuff. I didn't have a rule book because I kind of approached this relationship as like maybe if I was on dating apps and going out with people, I would be thinking or being like really self-conscious about texting first or I don't know. I feel like I just it was very natural and flowed naturally and I didn't even know where it was going. So it it just progressed like because we wanted to talk to each other. We wanted to see each other. And I think all even when we navigated conversations of starting to date and moving in together and getting engaged, like none of those ever felt like, okay, do I have to bring up this conversation now? It kind of just all flowed at a timeline that was right. And I'm not saying like there were definitely times I probed or like asked an intentional question or like we I had to like bring up a conversation but it was never like it all fit into like naturally of like where we were going and what we were talking about you know like you we were about to move broke, in together you definitely broke like don't people say don't stay on a date for too long in the beginning I feel like you probably have oh, it yeah long, probably that's like I like hate when people say that because I feel like I get it because I do have friends and it's probably happened to me before where you go on a date and it's like six hours and you think it was the best night ever and you become like so much more attached to them than you would have if it was like a quick date and then they never want to go out again kind of thing. And I get that again, it's like protecting your own boundaries. But I just think if you're like having fun and you want to just like do, that's what we also say about like early on dating because a lot of the people that like a lot of our listeners and the people that ask us for advice, like are like dating, like I guess there's still a good amount in relationships, but a lot of them are looking to like meet someone now and people get anxious going on first dates and early dates. And we just say like, 
and I'm myself too. Like I get overwhelmed more. So like, I'm like, Oh God, does this mean I'm going to have to marry this person? But like, <laughs> just think about like, if you, whatever the next step is like, go out on your first date, just deciding if you want to go on a second date, not if you like are going to get married, if you're going to have kids go on the second date, decide if you're going to go on the third date, like just taking it one step at a time, I think is huge. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's good advice. Also, like, I feel like all this like relationship and dating kind of advice or experiences that you, you're sharing, it's sort of like good, it translates to life too, right? It so does. this idea of just like taking it one step at a time um, and sometimes taking the kind of the pressure off ourselves uh, that we we put on ourselves too, or maybe that it's like sort of imposed socially through sort of like societal norms. But um, one thing that you are both speaking to a little bit with the rules, it actually um, really reminded me of the way that Erica and I have also evolved a lot in the context of the wellness space. Like we started off at the, with this wellness podcast and we're four years old and um, it was very, and we have a very umbrella term in how we also approach that. So there is some overlap with you guys too in your subject matter, um, less relationship focused for sure our show, but we really kind of approach all different aspects of wellness from, you know, physical to emotional to spiritual, what, however you want to define it for yourself. And I, when you were talking about the early days of your early episodes and the rules with, within the dating kind of community, I think we had way more sort of defined ideas about wellness. And it has, some of those have completely exploded, completely evolved um, things we don't really want to talk about anymore. Not, not because things are off limits, but because we're so tired of hyper-focusing on things that feel like less aligned with what what being well actually means versus like mm-hmm. fitting into diet culture in certain ways or whatever it might be, right? Pick the, pick the thing. And so what I appreciate about the way you guys explaining your own evolution, even in the context of having sort of thematic, a thematic show is that I think it's important for us to talk about our own evolution and mind development and changing because there's so much sort of dogmatic thought on so many things out there. And so I was thinking about that in the context of you guys are talking about dating. I'm thinking about it in the context of the wellness space too, and how much our own journeys have really evolved and like through the people we've gotten to talk to. And I know that you have this component of wellness um, as a co-interest of yours. So if we could sort of branch into that, kind of take that um, to segue into it, is there anything that you can identify that has also evolved for you in your own wellness practices or ideas of what that looks like for yourself through the course of the show and doing the show together? Yeah, I feel like for me, it's definitely going to be very in theme with kind of just how the wellness industry has changed in itself. Because like, I used to like everybody else think you had to work out for like a whole hour and have like this like intense sweat in order to like really count as a workout. Now, sometimes my workout is literally a walk or like a slow paced Pilates class. Like, I just think I've become a lot more. I also like, I used to run like almost every single day and I was always training for a race. And that was like my biggest exercise. And I like really like messed up my hormones and got like so out of balance. And there were so many things going on with me, like 
And it wasn't until I was able to like really slow down and be more intentional about like the way, just like thinking more about movement and things that made me feel good versus like, like I said, getting like an intense sweat in. So like on a fitness perspective, like that's kind of like how I've evolved. Now I just kind of wake up each day and do whatever I feel like doing. Like if I feel like going for a long run, then I'll go for a long run. But like I said, if I feel like doing something slower, I'll do that. And I don't really think about like, I've gotten to the point now where it just like, doesn't really cross my mind. Like I never think like, Oh, it's been like five days since I really had like a heavy workout. Like that just like, if it does cross my mind, it's because like, I don't feel like great. It's not because it's like ingrained in me that I have to do it. It's because like, I can feel the impact of it. And I think kind of like on that note, my like definitely like the emotional, like mental kind of side of things, like the self-care side of wellness, I feel like has really evolved over the years. Like there's obviously just so many more things now like that you like, there's just so many more like trendy self-care things that I, that I love to do, but I like never really used to, like, I, I definitely now will do more like meditation manifestation, like in recent years than I had before, which we talk about on the podcast a lot. I think just like an open-mindedness is something that's been big for me in, in terms of like my like wellness evolving, but I've also been like really passionate about wellness for years. So I feel like I'm like, I'm kind of like not the best person to ask about that because it hasn't changed like too much, but I think just becoming like, I'm always open to trying new things. So you usually like, if there's something that's, (laughs) that's trendy out there, I'll try it, but that doesn't relate to like Like that doesn't apply to like fad diets or things like that. Like I definitely had my juice cleanse years and like those things that like, I just wouldn't do now. Like, I feel like, um, I've become, yeah, much more intentional about it and kind of doing what works for me versus like what social media tells me that I should be doing. Yeah. I mean, same exact. I think I like that you made that segue from dating and relationships into wellness, because I think like the rules are so black and white. And I used to approach fitness and wellness, I think in the same way, like very black and white. Like I did spend a lot of like late teen and like early twenties feeling like, okay, I have to, I have to like cut carbs. Like it's black or white. Like I can't, I can't eat, I can't eat a piece of bread or like rice, like no sweet potatoes. Like I went through like, and that would last what three days. Cause that's completely unrealistic and insane. And <laughs> no I did. Sweet potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, there are carbs. So I went yeah. through this like crazy thing. And well, yeah, like juice cleanses. I'm like, okay, I, I I want to feel good. So I'm obviously going to do a three-day juice cleanse. And so much of my approach to wellness and my health was in like I was giving myself such like putting red tape around all these things I like could or couldn't have. And I think that's just like Carly said, kind of like the narrative of the wellness industry at the time. And same with workouts, like when all the boutique fitness classes were popping up and I felt like I had to go to like mile high run club or like do this like insane cardio workout, like cardio equaled fitness to me. And I think, yes, as wellness industry changed, but also like COVID gave me like a free pass to like completely slow down. And I loved all the online at home workouts and I did have I realized like less is more and like a 10 minute workout every day is better than like me going to a Barry's class and then like not working out for five days. But because I just like I had to kind of reframe or like retell myself a narrative of like what fitness and wellness was and I am so much more intentional. I'm the same as 
you, Carly, I'll wake up and just see how I feel. And I don't beat myself up over it as maybe my 21 year old self would if I like ate a sweet potato. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, it's just much more intentional. And I think with anything, you're always going to be told what's right or a new wellness trend is coming along. And I think you just have to decide what works for you. And what I was trying to make work for me for so long was just not right. I can't tell you. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you could cut that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I have to like what works for me now is not what worked for me then. And I think you have to pay attention to what actually does feel good. And I can't tell you the last time I did like any type of running or major <laughs> cardio because what feels right for me is now what I gravitate towards. And so much of that also is just like mental wellness, like Carly said, like meditation and self-care and taking a nap and not beating yourself up over it. And yeah. realizing that they all impact each other. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's this holistic, right? Like whole approach to wellness. And I think relationships, what you guys are doing is so important because our relationship wellness can impact all of the other aspects of our wellness, especially even just our relationship to ourself. And I do have one more question for you, Mia, as well. And um, just funny when we were talking about the rules, right? I um, I didn't even think about this as a rule. And I don't think I've shared this on the podcast, but I, <laughs> the first night I went on my first date with my husband, I think it was like an eight hour date. And we moved in together after three months. Talk about wow. no rules. Yes. Yeah, how crazy? old were you? I was 23 years old. I was wow. a psycho. I was a child. <laughs> I was a psycho. <laughs> no, I know. No, I mean, I wouldn't. It's so funny, but like, I didn't know I was, I got married at 26. I was my first friend to get married. And, um, Wow. Yeah, but we've been together for 11 years. So right. talk about the rules, right? But but you mentioned, sorry, I'm a Libra. So there's lots of areas <laughs> in, our, in this conversation. But um, you mentioned getting out of a relationship that was eight years long, right? And again, I think, I don't know if it's eight years, but I think a lot of people stay in relationships that maybe aren't serving them or aren't healthy or X, Y, and Z. And it can be so hard to break free and move on from that as well. So mm -hmm. how are you able to leave or transition out of an eight-year relationship and get to a place, right, where you could heal from that almost, right? Now you're in such a different space, but what what was Mia like getting out of that eight-year situation? I think I had gotten out of the relationship mentally before we actually broke up. So I, we were in – I was in a relationship from 18 to like 26 or 19 to – so it was formative years. I think I met him the second week of college and we stayed together until I was 26 and it was a very – I mean, it, it was a very toxic relationship. There was a lot of like lying and cheating and you know, bad breakups and getting back together. And it was just like, oh my God, I, this needs to end. But there were also times that were great. My Our families loved each other. And I think a lot of his qualities on paper were things I thought I was looking for. So there was so much that kept me staying. But 
like I said earlier with friendships, I always had this like dormant feeling or like just feeling of doubt that would always come up. And I, I couldn't, I didn't feel excited about next steps with him. And I didn't, I could never fully trust him. I couldn't fully trust myself in the relationship. That was honestly, I think the breaking point. Cause I think I've for so long, like I said, I was really passive in the relationship. I spent so many years being this anxious anxious girl in the relationship, like worrying if he's lying to me, worrying if he's going to cheat on me, can I trust him? And then I kind of realized I don't, I'm not happy with him. I'm, I've graduated school. I live in the city. I'm at a job. I'm finding myself interested in other people. I'm jealous of everyone else's positive relationships around me. And I just realized the, all of the stuff I was putting on him, like, I can't trust you. I was realizing is so much more. It was just a mirror of me. I don't trust myself in this relationship because I'm not happy in this relationship. And I think it took me a really long time to get past the fear of, oh, my God, I'm I, I'm 25. Will I ever find someone else if we break up? Like, that's ridiculous. So I think for many years, I was I already had got I had gotten there. And I, I knew that I wasn't happy. So actually pulling the Band-Aid off, it, it, was, it was a really long relationship. And we were in each other's lives from such a young age, like through really important milestones. And at part times, I felt like, yes, I, this is really challenging. I don't know anything else. Um, I'm kind of reapproaching what dating or being with someone will be like. I think for a while I was comparing a lot of other dates or other people to him. Um, So obviously it's hard, even as bad as any relationship is, a breakup is extremely challenging and taught me a lot of things, but I ultimately, I just had to set up. It took a while too. It wasn't like broke up and never spoke again. There were definitely months of like wavering and going back and forth, but once I did make that, I got to the point where I was completely done and made a clean break and never picked up the phone when he called or never wanted to reach out again. I was able to get over it. And that's around the time Carly and I became really good friends. So she came into my life at a time I really needed a friend to like go out with and talk to. And I was able to just mentally get my confidence back up that this was a mm-hmm. bad relationship. I deserve a lot more and just rid myself of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I just, I think I've heard that so many times in our DMs, like, I don't want to be single at this age or how do I, it's, it's very common, I think. And so you sharing that really helps. And I also like, it's interesting, right? That you and Carly came together during that transition, because even though it wasn't a relationship, um, Allie and I also started this business and became much closer friends in a very transitional time for both of us. Um, it was my Saturn return, but it was, uh, I think maybe the end of yours, something like that. We had some, we had, there was a a lot of transitions happening for both of us and a lot exited to make room for each other. And I think that's really interesting. And I, I hope that's, you know, inspiring for anybody who's listening that if you are able to, transition out of something. It's making room for something else to come in. So yeah, thank you. And thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, Yeah, you're such a wealth of knowledge and 
I feel like we could pick your brain forever about relationships. So I'm sure everyone's going to go over and listen to your podcast. But before we wrap up, we always conclude with three questions. And the first is, what are some of your self-care practices and self-care non-negotiables? So whoever wants to go first. Um, for me, it's definitely time outside. I feel like a lot of mine are like, I, like I said earlier, I love trying like the, every new wellness product. And I definitely spend too much money on those things, but most of my favorite, like go-to things are things that are free, like going for a walk, going outside, just like taking a step away from things. I live by myself and I've lived by myself for a while. So I feel like I'm like really good at being by myself and like knowing when I need to take time, like away from like last weekend, I was like, I can't make plans this weekend. Like I have to just like kind of decompress. And that for me, that to me is self-care, like making, knowing when you need that time alone and then doing whatever it is, that's going to kind of like make you feel relaxed and feel like your best, whether that's like eating healthy foods, just like getting movement in all those things are, are my favorite. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm similar. I think my, my must have like wellness or self-care is, is a workout. I always feel better after a workout. If I'm feeling like tired or just not motivated, I know if I do a Pilates class or just something and I don't even have to leave my house, I do it in my own apartment, but I also am a, a homebody as well. I think also COVID taught me that I'm an introvert and I used to be overcommitting to plans and people pleasing, which is clearly a theme of this episode. So I love just like sitting at home with my dog and my husband and watching TV and like making dinner. That's my favorite thing to do. So I think if I'm having any type, if I need to just ground myself, it's always like tuning back into me in my body. So doing a workout or going on a walk or walking my dog and then like being in my clean apartment, lighting a candle, being just like alone, but with the people I like and relaxing. Like I also like, I think watching TV is part of my like major part of my (laughs) self-care. Yeah. Like I think it's just not that complicated. Like I feel like people make it out to be so complicated, but like literally drinking water. Like I wake up and I have to drink two glasses of water and I have to get outside at some point during the day. Like things like that are just like, like you said, non-negotiables that like don't take time or like that much time or effort. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing yours. Um, the second question we ask everybody is what does being courageous mean to you? For me, it's like, it's not going to be that surprising because I feel like we've talked about this a little bit now, but just showing up as yourself. I feel like not being afraid to speak your mind, not being afraid to just like let your actual personality come through, not feeling the need to like, kind of, you're always going to be in some situations where you feel like you kind of have to like conform to the people around you or like, please them. Like that's never going to go away on some level, but I think just feeling comfortable in your own skin is kind of like, I think that takes a lot of courage. And I think it's also like a muscle you have to like strengthen. And then it becomes part of your like it becomes integrated in you, but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. I love that. I think for me, it's getting out of your comfort zone. And like, I think it's kind of uh, complimentary to what Carly said, because like, even with the podcast, I feel like I kind of gave myself this like identity that like, oh, I'm quiet and shy and I can't have a podcast and I just want to, I like, I felt those feelings of envy or jealousy or like, I actually really, I want to have a voice and platform and I can. So it did take a lot of retraining those things I was telling myself for many years and just doing it. And I find that 
even in like a corporate work setting, like the times I actually commit to like learning and doing the thing that I hate or like feels really bad or I avoid are the times that I feel really proud of myself or get recognized for like doing something. So it's, it's, I think paying attention to the things you like deep down really want to do, but something's holding you back. And it's like the most courageous thing to just to do it, start somewhere, everyone starts somewhere. And I think that's the hardest part. Thank you guys. Um, before I get to the last question, I just want to know, cause I'm curious, what are your astrological signs? I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. Sign. Yeah. Do you, if you know your sun, moon, rising, please share. We do tons of astrology episodes. So I feel like you our do? listeners. Yeah. I'm a, a Scorpio moon and a Capricorn rising. I'm a Capricorn rising. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Mia? I'm an Aries sun, Aries moon, and Pisces rising. Double Aries. Wow. Mia, you know, I'm a triple Aries. What? Yeah, I'm sun, moon, and rising. Yeah, Erica's like our resident uh, go-to astrologer. I'm like becoming an astrologer, you guys. No, for reals. I love it so much. I'm I was like, this is the I was I used to preface this question. I was like, okay, this is the most LA thing we will ask you the whole show. But what's your now I can't wait to talk to you guys about this when you come on our podcast. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm so into it. We just really I'm a novice. But I'm into it. I just don't know anything. I, I know <laughs> Allie's entire chart. I know her know design. That. I know it all. Yeah, um, you'll be giving us astrological reading. <laughs> do it now. But um, but yeah, we've definitely started exploring it more on the show. And it's, I think, really interesting. But oh, I, I love meeting another Capricorn rising, Carly. So very exciting. Um, yes. Anyway, the last real question we ask is, do you have a book that's meant something to you um, throughout your journey that you would want to recommend to our audience on any topic? Hmm. I'm definitely more hard. Of, yeah, I, I, I read like a book a week, but it's usually fiction and that's fine. I do, yeah. I well, So I do like we had Logan Yuri on the podcast and I love her book, how not to die alone or how to not die alone. Um, but I also love, um, maybe you should talk to someone by I'm reading Lori it Gottlieb. So good. I just feel like it really makes you think differently about like, if anybody has any sort of like intimidation about therapy or anything like that, I feel like it just makes you think about mental health in a different way. I love that. I'm very excited to finish. Maybe you should talk to somebody. I'm currently reading it. I also, I like try to read more, but I read a lot of like fiction and fluff. But honestly, I think when I started learning about attachment styles and reading the book attached, that was, I recommend that to everyone because I think that just like gives you so much insight into why you act the way you are and how to navigate that. If you, And it helps in so many relationships. And I say this all the time, but a book that I read when I was in like a real relationship challenge was Esther Perel's the state of affairs and it really like it's so interesting it dives into like why people cheat or infidelity and kind of like goes in both of their heads and gets to the root of like what's really going on in the relationship so even if you're not like dealing with an infidelity or any type of relationship like that it's so interesting to just understand motives in relationship and I think that it gets to the root of like where resentment forms and it's just so interesting. So I recommend that. I really, I want to read it again. 
Thank you so much. Thank you both so much. And um, it was such a pleasure having you on the show and we're excited to re record with both of you as well. And so if anyone wants to listen to your show, find you, follow you, where can they do that? Yes. Well, thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun and I can't yes. wait to turn thank the microphone you. on you. Yeah. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at Mostly Balanced Podcast, and then you can listen to our podcast, Mostly Balanced, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Great. Thank you so much. This Thank is so you. fun. We're honored to have been guests. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.